What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and I'm so glad that you're here with me this week, taking time out of building your wellness business online to listen to me and learn something, hopefully. So like I told you about last week, this week I'm actually on location with my podcast. So I'm traveling the entire month of June. And this week I am at beautiful Squam Lake, which is in the woods of New Hampshire. It is just absolutely gorgeous. For those of you that don't live in the U.S., New Hampshire is kind of in the northeast United States, even north, more north of Boston. It's the state that I'm from. And this lake is just heavenly it's just this beautiful, beautiful, big, clear lake surrounded by lots of pine trees and blankets of pine needles and birds chirping. And everything just smells like this warm green pine with mixed with this minerally granite. And it's just really heavenly. It's actually a bit cold, but cold and sunny. So that's okay. And the reason I'm here is because there is a creativity art retreat here every year that is just lovely. So I'm here at that, just kind of learning different things and getting to do some crochet and some, we're going to be making some flowers out of fabric and I've been writing fairy tales and just all sorts of stuff to get me thinking in different ways, which is lots of fun. But one of the fun things I'm also doing this week is I've bought this new recording device, which is called a Zoom H2N. That's what I'm recording this episode on. And I'm hoping to also walk around and take some recordings of what Squam sounds like. So if you hear some birds chirping or fire crackling or twigs snapping under my feet, that's where it's from. Just kind of, I'm trying to just bring a bit of play to the podcast and experiment and have a bit of fun. So today, what I wanted to talk about is a topic that's very timely for me and also for several of my clients right now, and I'm hoping it'll also be timely for you, is how to plan a workshop. This is something that as we're trying to get our businesses out there, it comes up a lot that people ask us to speak or teach a workshop. And I thought I would just share with you my own process for how I make sure that the workshop actually delivers what it promises on so that it's really delivering value for the people that participate in it, but also that it stays on time and is fun and not stressful. So let's jump into now how to plan a workshop. How to plan a workshop. This topic is actually really relevant for me this week because as I'm here in the woods, I'm actually going to be teaching a workshop, a little one-hour workshop, so very short, on how to make beauty products and herbal remedies from the plants that are around us, just like great-great-grandma would have done, which I'm super excited about. That's like my one of my favorite topics in the world to talk about. But it's been a bit different than my typical workshops because I didn't know what plants I was going to find here. So I've had to kind of plan it, hold off on the planning it and really plan it here at the last minute once I got to New Hampshire and then further once I'm here in the woods and I see actually the materials that I've got to work with. But fortunately, I've given 
tons of these kind of talks. And I typically teach in England full day workshops or even two day weekend workshops on how to make natural beauty products and herbal remedies and how to find these ingredients that great grandma would have used. So luckily, I've got the basic structure and I know the general topics that I want to talk about. But there's always with a workshop a bit of a challenge to adapt it for the situation that you're in and the exact audience that you have. So today I thought I would share with you the process that I go through to plan a workshop. And this will work for you whether you're giving a one hour talk or a demonstration like a cooking demonstration or whether you're doing a full day workshop. So the first thing is when you either pitch yourself to give a workshop or a talk or when you're invited to give a workshop or a talk, you need to right away figure out three things. And the key here is to remember that it's not about you. Okay, this is not about you and what you want to talk about. And you need to get yourself out of that mindset right away. That will eliminate a ton of stress. What you need to think about is it's all about the people that are coming to see your talk, that are going to experience this talk or workshop. And secondarily, it's also about the organizer of the event and their goals and objectives for the event. So those two audiences are much more important than you. And maybe that sounds harsh, but actually this is a real good way to reduce your stress and to stop forgetting about all these little, those little pressures that we put on ourselves and instead focus on the outcomes and what the experience is going to be for the person that is actually attending your workshop. So when you pitch yourself or when you get invited to give a talk or workshop, there's three things you need to know right away. Number one, you need to know your audience. Who are these people that are going to be experiencing your talk or workshop? Who are they? What are their goals? Why are they interested in learning about this topic? And what do they know already? Do they already have some basic knowledge about this topic or are they complete beginners? It's really important. Just like anything you're doing in your business, this is marketing. And marketing starts with knowing your audience, knowing their hopes and dreams, knowing their questions, knowing what they're struggling with, and crafting your entire communication, your entire workshop, your entire blog post, your whatever you're doing, crafting it for them, right? And it's the same thing here. So when somebody invites you to do a talk, that's the first thing you need to ask them is who is the audience? Who are these people that are going to be here? And learn as much about them as you can. If you're pitching yourself, you can do research first to figure out who are the kinds of people that are going to be at this event? And then you can pitch a topic accordingly. So number one, you need to know your audience. Number two, you need to understand the time that you're going to be speaking and the format of the event and also of your talk. So are you going to be doing a 30-minute talk, a one-hour talk? Is it a two-hour workshop? Is it a full-day workshop? Are there breaks scheduled in? So that's kind of your how much you're going to be talking but also to understand the format of the event. Is it an event with like several hundred people and you're just going to be speaking from a stage? Is it people just coming to see your talk for an hour and then they're going to leave? Are you just one part of an overall day? You know, is the day, is the experience more hands-on and interactive? Is it more lecture style? You need to understand these parameters to see what you're working within. And then number three you need to think about your topic, and I want you to come up with one major takeaway you want people to get from your talk or workshop. I don't care if you're talking for 30 minutes or if you're talking for six hours of an entire day. There should be one major takeaway that people will get from your talk, and that is going to focus you, which is going to definitely come across, and people really appreciate that. And also, in addition to focusing you, it's really going to 
just help people get that thing. They, they'll avoid overwhelm and really get a benefit and a result out of your talk or workshop. So those are the three things you need to find out as soon as you've signed up to do a talk. Know your audience, have one major takeaway, and also to understand the time and format of the event. Okay, now this is how I proceed. So once I know those three things, you need to start mapping out your talk. Now, I call this chunking it out. Now, you need to remember it's not about you. I'm going to say that like so many times in this episode. It's not about you. You need to stop thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't talk that long, or are they going to get bored, or oh, I'm not good at that, or oh, I really want to get up and do this certain thing. It's not about you. Stop thinking about you. We need to think about them and the outcomes from your talk. So what we want to do is chunk out the talk into different modules. Now, you can do this whether you're talking for 30 minutes or whether you're talking all day. The longer the workshop is, the more important it is to clearly chunk it out. So what I tend to do is get a nice big blank piece of paper and I write the one major takeaway at the top, right? So I write down what that takeaway is that they're going to get. And then I just start to list out what are the steps that people would need to go through to get that takeaway, Or what are the different areas they need to understand to build up to get to that takeaway? And you'll probably find that your topic naturally lends itself into little chunks. So for example, when I'm doing my day-long natural beauty workshops, my goal is to have people really understand the basic techniques on how to make beauty products themselves so that they feel comfortable doing them at home. So I chunk out my day into different types of products. So we've got like water-based products, we've got infused oils, then we've got balms, then we've got creams. So we've got like those different chunks of the day. And then within those different chunks, then I can write out the different key talking points and the things they need to take away from each of those sections so that by the end of the day, they know all the major techniques. So you want to think through based on where your audience is, what you know about them, what are the key steps or phases that they need to go through in order to get to that final result? So write those down and then see, you know, do some of them fit together? Do they naturally seem like they would be a unit, like a specific module? So you can kind of map out which ones go together, put them in an order. What order do they need to be in logically? And then the key step is to map it to a time so that for each of those modules or chunks, you assign a time to it. So if you're doing like a short workshop, it might just be five or 10 minutes per topic. Whereas if you're doing a full day, you might have 30 minutes or an hour or even an hour and a half as one of the module chunks. Now, this is super duper important because it helps you keep to time as you're going through the workshop. So it's really interesting. I was just talking to a client this week who has a fantastic opportunity to do a one day workshop in her subject area. Right. And it's just so it's just her the entire day. Someone invited her to do that. It's just absolutely fabulous. But as we were talking, she definitely had some concerns going up about the fact that she didn't feel like she should be looking at notes or that she should be looking at an agenda. She felt like that to be professional, she should just know how the workshop went and just be able to lead it organically. And what I was sharing with her that I want to share with you right now is that actually I think that referencing notes can actually make you look more professional. So I've been to loads of workshops, especially in the area of like herbal medicine, because, you know, one of the things I like that I'm really passionate about studying and in areas like that, maybe you've been to some too that kind of lean more new age or woo woo or um, creative. These people that are teaching it might not like to keep to time and they just 
kind of, it's just really organic and kind of just goes all over the place. And maybe it's just my personality, but I'm slightly type A. And for me sitting in that classroom, that makes me really nervous because I feel like I signed up for this class for a purpose because I wanted to learn this specific thing. And I'm really nervous we're either going to run out of time or the instructor's going to forget to talk about something or we're just going to like, it's going to be really boring because we're just going to waste time and go way off topic. So for me, actually, I love it when an instructor shows an agenda or has an agenda they're referencing and has a time schedule. It just, for me, takes all the pressure off as the learner because I just feel like, wow, this person knows what they're doing. They've got it under control. They're going to get us to where we need to go by the end of the class. It's really reassuring. So if you've ever had that feeling come up, and I know that my client is not alone here, that you put this pressure on yourself because you feel like from the first time you do a talk or workshop, you need to be like Tony Robbins up on stage, just delivering your content without even having to look at a schedule, right? That is a completely unrealistic expectation. And I'm sure even Tony Robbins or Oprah, whoever you can think of that's an amazing speaker, I'm sure they were not like that their first talk out of the gate on one topic, right? It takes a while to really deeply know your content. So I strongly recommend chunking out your content into these modules and then putting a time frame against each one of them. And that is really going to help you make sure that you get through all the content in the day at a good pace so that you won't forget anything. So now once you've got your piece of paper and you've got it all chunked out, so you know your outcome, you know the different steps you need to go through, and you know how long you're going to spend in each step. Now what I want you to do is take a step back and start thinking about variety. People have short attention spans, and we don't really like sitting there just listening to one person talk, especially with PowerPoint slides all day long. That is super boring. And there's only so much information you can take in, right? You just can't possibly absorb all that information if someone's just talking to you all day. And actually, I would encourage you to think about the fact that maybe you don't have to give a ton of information in your talk. This used to really scare me because I felt like I had to share everything I knew to like prove that I was the expert. But actually, that is completely overwhelming for people. And it's more important if they get a couple little takeaways that they can really integrate into their mind and body and lives so that they can take those away and use them again. That is much more important than you just telling them every single thing you know about your topic, especially in health and wellness, because I think we can forget how much we know, right? Not everyone is drinking green smoothies and even knows to eat organic or knows about protein. They might not even know what protein is. So You need to remember that you don't need to overwhelm people and give them all your information. The fact that you're up there speaking, they believe you're an expert. They already assume because you're speaking, you're the expert. You don't need to prove that you're the expert, okay? So just take that pressure off yourself. So what you want to do next is really think about variety. So we want to have a variety of different ways they can learn during the workshop. Now, again, if you're doing like a 30-minute talk, obviously you don't have as much time. You might just do a talk. But if you have a full day, you definitely want to incorporate a lot of these. So what could you do? You can do a lecture, obviously, where you're talking. That's like the simple thing to start with. You might throw out questions that they can answer. You might also allow some time that they could ask you questions. You might facilitate some group or paired sharing. So you could either divide people into small groups or you could pair them up with a buddy and you could give them a little task or a question or a topic to discuss. You could mix it up by having some demonstrations. So you could demonstrate how to cook something or prepare something or do an exercise. You could do a tasting or some way that people could experience something. 
So I do this a lot where I pass around different essential oils that people can smell, or I pass around different ingredients or topic products that they can experience as I'm talking. You can invite people up to be your assistant. I use this one all the time to get people involved in making beauty products. I invite them up and have them chop things or stir things. And while you might think that's boring, actually people really like to help. And even something as simple as melting some beeswax in oil, for some reason when you're actually up there stirring, it makes it seem a lot more real. You might have them do a writing exercise. So they could like write something or draw something or make something themselves. And a key thing you also want to put in is some breaks. So if your talk is longer than an hour and a half, I would definitely put in some breaks I think, again, this goes back to the needing to prove you're an expert. There's this feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to just give them as much as possible or they're going to think they didn't get their money's worth. Okay, that is just not true. At these events, some of the most important learning is actually connecting with the other people that are there and giving people time to reflect and process and talk about the topic in their own words. This is what's going to help them really assimilate it and make it their own. So it is totally fine to give people breaks, coffee and tea and bio breaks, have a nice long lunch. Like this is fine. This does not, it doesn't reflect on you at all that like you don't have enough to talk about. It's really giving people a good experience. So I want you to go through your schedule for your talk or your workshop, look at all your different modules, and then think about how can you add variety. So sometimes you'll be talking, sometimes you might have a demonstration, you might do a paired share, then you might have a break, then you might come back and have people share with the group. Like, break it up so that people have some variety during the day. And then, finally, once you get it all done, I would really encourage you to practice at least once. And if you're not a confident public speaker, you want to practice it over and over and over again and probably practice it to your partner or your friends or your mastermind group. You want to practice so that you feel comfortable. What I really recommend when you're doing public speaking is that you do not, do not script it. Do not write out everything you're going to say. Instead, it's better that for each module, you put talking points. So if you have one module, you might have like five points you want to cover, and then you might make a little note in one, oh, tell the story about the skunk or tell the story about my trip to France or something, so that you're prompting yourself about what to talk about. But trying to memorize a talk is just super stressful, at least in my experience, and I've done absolutely tons of public speaking. It's much better to have talking points and prompts for yourself and then let it go naturally. And the only way you're going to get good at that is by practicing. Practice, practice, practice. So although that seems boring, definitely run through it a couple of times. And if you can give talks on similar topics, you'll notice that as you do more and more of the talks, it gets a lot easier. So I just want to leave you with this idea again that it's not about you. Take the pressure off yourself. You are already the expert because you've been invited to speak. You don't need to prove yourself and you don't need to worry about specific little things like if you have notes or what you're wearing or do you have these fancy handouts. People are going to accept that you're the expert and they're going to follow your lead. So you really don't need to be putting all this pressure on yourself. I know that's easier said than done, but just remember, overall, it's all about what the people are going to get out of the experience, what they're going to take away from it that's going to make you successful. Okay, so with that said, that brings me to the end of the topic for today. And actually, because this is so timely, right after this, I'm going to prepare my own workshop, which is happening tomorrow. 
So I brought my little like hot plate. I had to go buy. I had to buy all these kitchen supplies because I didn't bring any with me from London to the States. And I've got oils and I have to go out and pick some plantain, which is one of my favorite anti-inflammatory plants, not related to the banana. It's something different. It's a really good anti-inflammatory. I'm going to infuse some oil all here in my little cabin in the woods so that I can get ready for my workshop tomorrow. And I too am going to chunk out my hour-long talk and make sure that I have time and a plan to get through every single thing that I wanted to talk about while still giving time to do demonstrations and having assistance and really just letting people have fun, right? How can we make it fun? The whole point of running our own businesses is that they're fun. We're supposed to enjoy it. This is our lives, right? So the next time you do a talk or workshop, I just want you to think about what you can give to these other people so that they have a great experience and how can you have fun with it. So thanks so much for listening. We'll have all the links to everything that I talked about in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com. Have a fantastic week and I will see you back here next week where I'll be still in New Hampshire, but out of the woods and still on location. So we'll see what we have to talk about next week, but have a great one. And yeah, I'll see you next week.